Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sask Egg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Saskag Today. Coming up on today's program, harvest is underway in much of Saskatchewan according to this week's crop report. We'll hear from Mackenzie Ladoon, who is a crops extension specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Maintaining strong agricultural trade ties in North America is the main purpose of the Tri-National Agricultural Accord Politicians and trade officials from Canada, the United States, and Mexico were in Saskatoon this week for the 32nd Annual Tri-National Accord Conference. We'll hear from Alberta Agriculture and Irrigation Minister R.J. Sigurdsson, who spoke to the media after the meeting. It was written, signed, and delivered to Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt. The Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association has sent a letter to Merritt which has feedback on various support programs and general comments from producers. We'll hear from the CEO of the Cattlemen's Association, Grant McClellan, on that. And of course, it's week one of the harvest edition of GX94 Supper in the Field, and it took us to the Dean and Charla Brenner farm near Churchbridge last night. We'll hear from our winner coming up on today's program. So all of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of Saskag today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prohitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. With Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, it's mainly sunny here in the Yorkton area right now, and it looks like it's shaping up to be a pretty nice day. Yeah, the smoke is clearing in many areas. Still some of us dealing with that, uh, but overall it is tending to decrease through the afternoon. We'll see a much clearer sky in the areas that are still dealing with that smoke uh, by later on tonight and tomorrow. Temperatures are warm, though, these next few days. We're in the mid-20s this afternoon. Uh, areas that are a little smoky still may be held down a bit by the filtering of the sun, but overall, with a mostly sunny sky, we're at 25, which is pretty close to or just above normal for this time of year. Tonight, partly cloudy sky. The wind sort of waffles a bit. It, it's mostly southwesterly this afternoon. Uh, we'll see it shifting around a little bit and then settling back into more of a southwesterly direction uh, later on tonight into tomorrow. And also a stronger wind tomorrow. What I'm watching is, will the little extra cloudiness that does mix in from time to time have any Will it have any chance to produce any showers? And they're not looking likely, but we're watching the potential. There's just a little bit of energy coming in for the afternoon, and uh, for western parts of the province, pretty good chance for some showers. 
eastern sections, though, a lot of this is going to uh, dry up as it moves in. We've got uh, a little bit of humidity in the air, but the core of the moisture is really what it'll take with that humidity to get the showers. And with the core still west through the daytime hours, that really limits our chance. So I'm pegging it at uh, 10% chance for the Orton area. The farther west you get, especially uh, far western uh, portions of Saskatchewan, uh, the chance of showers will increase. We'll say about 40% on the western border to about 10% on the eastern border, and that chance into western Manitoba, nearly zero. Through the night, a little more of that energy comes through, but without the daytime heating to fuel the instability, that drops off our chance of showers. So anything we get would be daytime uh, towards sunset, maybe early evening, and then partly cloudy through the night. We're around 30 degrees, and there is certainly the potential uh, with a gusty south-to-southwesterly wind and a very warm air mass for many of us to blow through that. I think on the average, though, we can say 30 with uh, a range anywhere from about 28 to 34. So we're going to see some areas that really do uh, cook tomorrow afternoon with that sunshine. But the cloudiness will mix in at times. We're partly cloudy for Friday night, down to 15, and then the warm air gets pushed aside. Even though it doesn't produce much uh, rainfall for us, maybe uh, through the evening a few showers far north, uh, the cold front does slide through, and it is, it is a pretty sharp front for not having a whole lot of moisture with it. We're down to 23 on Saturday with a mix of cloud and sunshine, and a breeze that will be strong in the morning and then it'll pick up midday 20 to 40 and then it'll drop off becoming nearly calm in the afternoon an area of high pressure will build right overhead and that will uh, cap off the winds cap off any clouds partly sunny 21 on sunday and then another system comes in this one riding in from the southwest uh, feeding in uh, what could actually be uh, some tropical moisture getting picked up by a trough sitting close to the border a lot of uh, moisture from that uh, tropical system in the Atlantic Hillary, or I mean, the Pacific Hillary, pulling northwards through California and Nevada, and then feeding straight into our low. That could bring us some showers and uh, much thicker overcast for Monday and Tuesday. Temperatures back into the mid-teens Monday. That's Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Temperatures around the region this hour. The Paw is at 21 degrees. Swan River, Dauphin, and Brandon, 22. Show Lake Russell and Roblin. 20. Regina reporting in at 26, Saskatoon 25, Hudson Bay 21, Broadview Mooseman 22, Indian Head 24, Winyard Wadena Kelvington 23. The Yorkton Melville region has a mainly sunny sky, a southwest wind at 18, gusting to 30 kilometers an hour. 46% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 22 degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of 19 degrees and dropped to a low of 11 degrees. There was 6.4 millimeters of rain that fell in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. The normal high for this date is 23 degrees. The normal low is 9 degrees. The sun rose in Yorkton at 5.39 this morning, and it will set at 8.08 tonight. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan yesterday. The Manitoba hotspot was Gretna at 26 degrees. The cold spot was Tadouli Lake at plus 7 degrees. The Saskatchewan hotspot yesterday was Maple Creek at 27 degrees. The cold spot was Key Lake at plus 6 degrees. EX94.
Ag Review. The looming harvest may keep a lid on the upside in the Ice Futures canola market over the next month as participants wait to get a better handle on the size of this year's crop. Markets Farm Pro Analyst Mike Jubinville says we're still at the mercy of trying to determine what size of crop we have, noting trade guesses range anywhere from 16.5 million to 19 million metric tons. He was leaning toward the lower end of that range at around 17.5 million metric tons, which would be well below Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's current estimate of 18.8 million and would leave the country with relatively tight exportable supplies. He expects domestic crushers will continue to pay up for canola given the historically wide crush margins, with most of the necessary demand rationing coming from the export side of the market. He adds gains in outside vegetable oil markets were supportive, limiting the downside risk for canola through the harvest season. Research from the University of Alberta is showing clubroot pathotypes continue to evolve at a rapid pace. Between 2019 and 2020, a team of scientists led by Keisha Holman, a PhD candidate in plant science, surveyed 250 canola fields across Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Holman's team found 25 unique clubroot pathotypes within the samples. Of those 25, 15 can overcome resistance. Researchers also found seven new pathotypes, six of which can bypass canola's bread resistance. Holman says this most recent research shows how much diversity there is in the clubroot pathogen. The message the research sends to farmers is to consider integrated management strategies. Holman says scouting, early detection, and other steps will be important to reduce clubroot spread. Saskatchewan Trade and Export Development Minister Jeremy Harrison says the province has the food, fuel and fertilizer that the world needs. This comes after new figures from Statistics Canada show Saskatchewan's economy continues to strengthen, helped by strong wholesale trade. The agency says the province saw $7.2 billion in wholesale trade for the month. That's a 70.5% year-over-year increase compared to June of 2022. Canada's Temporary Foreign Worker, or TFW, program is set to give farms a head start in an express lane expected to cut the annual paperwork for that program's most trusted employers. Federal Employment and Workforce Development Minister Randy Bosano last week launched a three-year pilot meant to help to address labor shortages and reduce the administrative burden for repeat employers participating in the TFW program who demonstrate a history of complying with program requirements. The pilot program, dubbed the Recognized Employer Pilot, or REP, was telegraphed in the federal budget in April last year with a funding envelope of $29.3 million over three years. Canadian employers who want to import TFWs must today fill out labour market impact assessments every year, documenting an employer's need for a TFW, and that no Canadians or permanent residents are available to do the job in question. The United States has condemned Russia's continued attacks on Ukraine's grain infrastructure and says it's working with partners to identify alternative options to ensure Ukrainian grain exports. 
Since quitting the accord, Russia has attacked Ukrainian agricultural and port infrastructure. Exports through the corridor were vital to helping address a global food crisis worsened by Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. Overnight airstrikes damaged silos and warehouses at Rennie on the Danube River, a vital wartime route for food exports. They posted photos of destroyed storage facilities and piles of scattered grain and sunflowers. Moscow has repeatedly said it was ready to return to the Black Sea Initiative immediately once an accompanying agreement concerning Russian exports was implemented. And be sure to listen to the latest SaskAg Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's mainly sunny and 22 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. Harvest is underway in much of Saskatchewan, according to this week's crop report. Mackenzie Ladoon is a crops extension specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The scattered showers across the province caused a brief brief pause in harvest for a short time this past week, but producers really welcome the moisture. Saskatchewan crops are 9% harvested this week, ahead of our five-year average of 8%, and the 10-year average of 5%. She notes some areas are further along than others. So the southwest is leading the province in harvest progress, with 20% of this year's crop harvested for the year. Producers in the northwest were delayed this week due to those rain showers, and have harvested 1% of this year's crop. Producers have made progress harvesting all crops this week, excluding flax. Fall cereals are still the most harvested this week, with 61% of fall rye and 56% of winter wheat taken off for the year. Field peas and lentils are the most harvested spring seeded crops, with 30%, 36% of both field peas and lentils harvested provincially. Oil seeds in general have been harvested the least so far. The East Central region stands at 4% complete, which is on par with the five-year average. Ladoon says some areas of the province received significant amounts of rain last week. So all crop districts received some moisture with showers that moved across the province this week. The most significant moisture received was 67 millimeters in the Esther Hazy region, followed closely by 63 millimeters in Lipton. We also saw an increase in soil moisture this week. In cropland, 26% of topsoil has adequate moisture, 45% is short, and 29% is very short. 21% of hay and pasture land has adequate topsoil moisture, 45% is short, and 34% is very short. She notes there was some crop damage reported last week as well. The crop damage this past week was mostly due to drought, wind damage, gophers, grasshoppers, and that second generation of flea beetles. Ladoon tells us what producers are busy doing this week. Producers are busy combining and desiccating crops when they aren't in the combine, and while others are also marketing cattle and hauling water for livestock. As for forage and pasture conditions... Unfortunately, I haven't asked our crop reporters to report on their pasture conditions recently. However, we did ask our crop reporters to report on water supply and quality this week. So provincially, moderate water supply shortages are occurring for livestock producers, with many anticipating more significant shortages soon, while some are already, already reporting severe water shortages. Producers that are concerned about their water quality are welcome to bring in water quality samples to the regional offices to have their quality tested. 
Ladoon adds that with harvest underway, safety should always be top of mind. Absolutely. Harvest is a very busy time for producers, and the public is reminded to give machinery extra space and time when traveling on roadways. The risk of fire this harvest is also exacerbated by the dry conditions that we're seeing throughout the growing season, and producers are encouraged to have their fire mitigation resources at the ready. This can include discers to disc out anything that sparks up water tankers or water trucks, and also to blow off your combines at the end of the day. Dry conditions and harvests are stressful for our producers, and they're reminded to take their safety cautions as a priority and be safe in all the work that they do. The Farm Stress Line is available for our producers to call at 1-800-667-4442 if they feel the need to. That's Mackenzie Ladoon. She compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. It's time now for the livestock market conditions and their presentation of Heartland Livestock in Yorkton. Livestock Market Conditions U.S. live cattle futures for October closed at 178.32 today. That's down 95. December live cattle closed at 182.52, down 105. September feeder cattle closed at 247.12, down 187. October feeder cattle closed at 249.32, down 165. October lean hogs closed at 79.15, that's up 97. December lean hogs closed at 72, even up 82. And that's the livestock market conditions. It's time now to check in once again with Danny Ismond. And Yorkton Hyundai, the place to be uh, today and every day here. We're joined with Ron Caban. Once again, Ron, we've had a great day. Yeah, it's been a really good day. Uh, like our 40th uh, Hyundai anniversary sale event is on, of course, as you know. And uh, right now it looks like we're a little thin on vehicles, but I'll tell you, Danny, we got a bunch coming next month. Uh, we still do have a half a dozen coming this month yet, but uh, now's the time to come in, talk to the girls about what's coming in because uh, you're going to be surprised. I think, and speaking of surprised, uh, there is a lot of people very surprised surprised and uh, anticipating the new look Hyundai Santa Fe as well. Oh, the Santa Fe's, uh, yeah, you got to look at it, man. Go online, take a look. Uh, we will hopefully be seeing them in the next few months. And uh, yeah, the Kona's changing up. Uh, the Palisade's getting a little bit of a revamp. And so there's a lot of nice stuff coming down the pipe. But we also got a few pre-owned that we want to talk about too. Like we got some Toyotas, we got some uh, Kias, we got some other makes and models. Come take a look and see what we got. All right. Well, thanks for having us here today. And again, uh, you're welcome to come and check it all out here yourself. If you do have any questions, by all means, get a hold of them at 1-800-565-0002. We're located at 115 Palace Way. It is Yorkton Hyundai. Thanks, Danny. Welcome back to Saskag today. Maintaining strong agricultural trade ties in North America is the main purpose of the Trinational Agricultural Accord. Politicians and trade officials from Canada, the United States, and Mexico we're in Saskatoon this week for the 32nd Annual Trinational Accord Conference. It is an opportunity to plan for any potential future emergencies, such as African swine fever, as well as discussions on science-based trade and improving cross-border trade harmonization. Alberta Agriculture and Irrigation Minister R.J. Sigurdsson spoke to the media 
after the meeting yesterday. Well, over the three days that we were here, uh, it was an incredible chance to be able to collaborate with our close trade partners when it comes to agriculture, both the U.S. and Mexico. Uh, great discussions over those three days, and, and I think we need to continue to have a focus on these kind of conversations as we continue to build our agriculture, agricultural sector and try to find ways to be able to expand that, and I think that's uh, a really important topic, especially what we hear from our stakeholders and in industry. He says the message needs to get out to the federal government. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, we had the opportunity before this as the province of Alberta to be able to engage in FPT down in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Of course, we had a chance to get in front of the federal government and have those conversations. A lot of the same issues uh, we're discussing here at Trinational as well. Uh, but we definitely want to make sure that those topics are front and center of mind at all times right now. And, and we hope that uh, through the communique and, and uh, the conversations that we have here that the federal government is recognizing those issues. Issues. Sigurdsson notes Federal Agriculture Minister Lawrence McCauley did attend the meeting. Uh, he was for here for a short time. I did have a chance to speak to Minister McCauley uh, just briefly. Of course, we were in between meetings, but it was good to see him here for, for the amount of time he was able to share here. But he had no news to report on Alberta's agri-recovery drought assessment. Well, I would say that, of course, it was one of the topics that we did discuss, um, and uh, we continue to have those active conversations right now, but there has is no final decision from the federal government as of yet. Overall, Sigurdsson found the Tri-National Agricultural Accord meetings very valuable. Well, definitely what I've seen from, this is my first tri-national, of course, uh, but with the both the bilateral meetings and, and when we're together in meetings, um, that really is the approach. It's a collaborative approach, and we understand how integrated our agriculture is from Canada all the way to Mexico. And when we're approaching these issues and situations that we're seeing right now, it is that collaborative approach. We understand how integrated we are and how we need to continue to align our approach because we understand that food security is top of mind right now in North America and if we work together we're going to be more successful when we do that. He says everyone wants to work together to improve North America's agriculture industry. From all the U.S. representatives, Mexico representatives, and, and from the provinces that were represented here for this Trinational Accord, that is the approach. That's the tone in the room that I continue to see over and over again, is we understand the increase that we have to start um, focusing on when it comes to output for the agricultural sector to be able to feed not just our local economies but also the globe and we understand that as we continue to for lack of a better term when we start to tear down walls and build bridges we're far more successful together so that collaboration is something that I saw for this whole three days and I think it's a positive outlook as we continue to have these meetings I look forward um, to the next meeting the 33rd Trinational Accord uh, in Virginia uh, to continue these conversations and build those relationships Sigurdsson believes everyone is on the same page. Definitely when it comes to industry and yeah. stakeholders, yeah, they're aligned. I mean, it, it sh that actually is proof of how integrated our, our sectors are across those borders. Uh, we've, we've said it a few times that 
you know, when it comes to agriculture, our borders are almost invisible. And we're he they're hearing the same things down there we're hearing up here, especially when it comes to uh, animal disease management. Um, those conversations, they align very much so. And we want to continue to uh, be able to listen to our industry stakeholders. It was great that uh, we saw such a great engagement from our industry here at this 32nd Trinational Accord. He was pleased to see industry stakeholders attend the meetings for the first time. It was excellent. We had a two-hour meeting with industry, had a chance for them to be able to uh, talk a lot about what their priorities are and, wh and what they feel also that uh, our priorities as government should be moving forward. So it was a, a really good um, conversation over those two hours and it was a great chance for me as a minister of Alberta to be able to just hear what their concerns are make sure that we're taking a look at their priorities and making sure that as we continue to move forward as a government that we're aligning with our stakeholders and Sigurdsson says the meeting format allowed for some frank discussions definitely they're direct conversations I mean we know the importance of food, food security in our agricultural sector and what it means uh, to our entire country. Um, so I really appreciate those frank conversations because it really uh, provides us um, that honest opinion so that we know what we need to do as a government to be able to support, aid and at sometimes get out of the way of industry so they can do what they do best. R.J. Sigurdsson is the Minister of Agriculture and Irrigation for the province of Alberta. Please stay tuned. Your Commodities Update is coming up in one minute's time. A Commodities Update. Canola futures closed up across the board again today. November canola closed at $7.95.20. That's up $4.50. January canola closed at 801.10, also up $4.50. September Minneapolis wheat closed at 787 and 3 quarters, down 3 and a quarter cents. September Kansas City wheat closed at 733 per bushel, down 10 cents. September Chicago wheat closed at 589 and a half, down 8 and a quarter cents. September corn closed at 4.73 per bushel, up three and a half cents. September soybeans closed at 13.36 and three quarters, and that's up two cents. September oats closed at 4.37 and three quarters, down three cents. And that's the commodities update. Well, it's written, signed, and delivered to Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt. The Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association has sent a letter to Minister Merritt, which has feedback on various support programs and general comments from producers. The feedback was compiled during five town hall meetings in Purdue, Kindersley, Cabri, Cadillac and Central Butte. CEO of the Cattlemen's Association, Grant McClellan, says they also released the letter publicly on their social media and website today. We were uh, impressed with uh, the number of folks that came out, but I think it really lends some serious gravity to the situation and, and the topics that were discussed. That that really was the views of, of a substantial number of producers in this province, and, and that's why we wanted to make sure this letter got out there and, and was public so that people could see that you know these concerns weren't just going into a black box, that we were making sure that they were getting put into the hands of uh, 
our elected officials and our decision makers in the province. He says producers want support programs to be provided in a timely fashion. We're back with SaskAg today and as I mentioned McClellan says producers want support programs to be provided in a timely fashion. Yeah, that's certainly a trend, obviously, that uh, we've heard about and uh, continue to hear about at these meetings. When producers are in a situation where the weather forecast is changing on a daily basis and they need to make decisions for their operations, they need to be able to be sure that they've got cash in hand when a program, when they're in a claim position, so that they can go and make uh, business decisions uh, for the future of their operation. And whether that means sourcing feed, uh, as we know, the market for feed is, is demanding right now, and uh, sometimes you need to be able to act quickly uh, if feed comes available. And, and so that's one of the key themes, again, yeah, for sure, that, that we saw was people really wanting to be put in the best position possible to make the decisions for their operation going forward. McClellan outlines what stood out for him in the letter. That there was a lot there. Uh, I knew there was a lot discussed. Uh, there was wrinkles to everything that, that was brought up. But just the sheer amount of, of topics and programs that we had the opportunity to uh, to discuss and, and in some cases criticize and in some cases look at what was working and how to uh, to improve or expand on those pieces that were working. So it was it was good to know. But like I said, there was a lot that we did manage to cover and talk about. And I, uh, I think we've captured that in, uh, in the letter that we sent. He says he's looking forward to hearing back from Minister Merritt. Uh, highly optimistic. Uh, we've been in correspondence with the minister's office and, and they've informed me that they have, the work has already started uh, on their response to that letter. So we know that the minister has been out touring on his own as well. Uh, in some of the drought-stricken areas of the province. And, and so we know, we know he's got a good feel for the conditions out there, and, and this was really to help inform that, uh, really to colour in the lines and fill in uh, the rest of the blanks there if there was an opportunity to do that. So we're highly optimistic that we'll get a response. And, and of course, they do need time to, to review the contents of the letter, but uh, some of these issues, of course, that come up are, are not new. But... It's important that the minister's office is, uh, I guess, aware of the conversations that we had and making sure that as an organization, the FCA is bringing those issues to the forefront. McClellan expects others will also take a good hard look at the letter. So far, I mean, we haven't seen feedback roll in other than, you know, the odd like and stuff here on social media. But of course, that letter just went out at 830. And and it's a very busy time of year for producers. But um, we've distributed that letter to our other uh, livestock groups around the province, livestock marketers, stock growers, SARM APAS, of course, as they were in attendance at a lot of these meetings as well, and distributing it to uh, the elected officials who made their way out to attend. And so it's really an information piece, right? There, there are asks in there, of course, to improve, make improvements to these programs, but it's really to inform uh, our decision makers just how serious the situation is out there and, and the real need for improved programs to provide support in situations like this. McClellan estimates a total of 430 producers attended the town hall meetings. Please stay tuned. Our GX94 Supper in the Field winner will be coming up next. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. Week one of the harvest edition of GX94 Supper in the Field took us to Dean and Sharla Brenner's farm near Churchbridge last night. After supper, I spoke with Dean about his farm. Uh, we farm just under 4,000 acres, me, my dad, and my uncle. Um, 
been doing it for I've been doing it for over 25 years with them and they've been doing it longer than me so it's been uh, yeah been a long run already but yeah so 4,000 acres what did you seed this year uh, this year we were just basically wheat and canola um, we uh, been wheat and canola probably for the last five or six years we were dabbling in lots of barley and flax years ago but got into the wet years and it just didn't work out so we uh, had to go away from that so have you started harvest yet uh no no we are very close though we got a bunch of wheat that's going to be ready to spray and uh we got some wheat here that's for seed that could be cut but this weather right now has just kind of got us on hold so have you had much rain here in the last week or so yeah the last week we had a little over two inches uh 1.8 in one shot and then another three four tenths and it's kind of been just every rain a day and day sun and a little bit of rain and back and forth lately so a little too late though for this crop unfortunately yes yeah uh, our crop is past the point if it was a month ago it would have helped but i mean it'll be moisture for next year so and uh, do you have any livestock or anything like that no livestock here no no just uh, grain and well wheat and canola at this moment yep now you mentioned that your dad and your uncle you farm with uh, your wife charlotte helps out around here as well yeah charlotte's uh helps out lots she's either running someone around in a vehicle or uh sits in a combine usually in the fall here and uh yeah no it's she does lots around here can definitely say that and uh, as for supper in the field have you been entering for a long time yeah i've been entering i was telling them at least 10 years i i wish i knew the first date i entered but it's been a long time and it's actually nice to win so a lot of a lot of stuff and a lot of great uh, great sponsors and very good meal and yeah so what was your reaction when you got the phone call that you'd won well when i seen the number i was a little shocked of course and then i missed the call and phoned back and it was your voice so then right away i knew something was up but yeah i got the call in a few more minutes and yeah pretty shocked it's it's nice and you would suggest to others perhaps they should maybe enter and uh, get a chance to have this kind of meal and all the prizes that go with it oh yeah for sure yeah you might as well enter it's uh entries free so why not take advantage of something free you don't get much of that these days and like i said the meal was great and the company's good and yeah it's great that's dean brenner from the Churchbridge district our sponsors for gx94 supper in the field are farm credit canada milligan bio Gowan Canada, Sask Milk, Jump.ca, LDC, Smith Steel, Minute Muffler and Brake, Yorkton Auction Centre, Maple Ag and Outdoor, the Saskatchewan Institute of Agrologists, the Chalet Restaurant, and Razor's Cellar at the Yorkton Hotel. It's time now for the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview Mooseman Indian Head and Yorkton Melville Roblin Russell regions today. Sunshine with decreasing smokiness, winds south southwest at 15 to 25, and a high of 25 degrees. For tonight, partly cloudy, winds south southeast, then southwest at 15 to 25, a low of 17. For tomorrow, sunny. Winds south-southwest at 25 to 45, gusting higher at times, a high of 30 with an overnight low of 15. For Saturday, partly sunny and windy, winds north-northwest increasing to 20 to 40, a high of 23. For Sunday, partly sunny, a high of 21 
Monday, mainly cloudy with a 70% chance of showers, a high of 16. In the Paw, it's 21 degrees. Swan River, Dauphin and Brandon all reporting in at 22. Show Lake Russell and Roblin, 20. Regina is at 26. Saskatoon, 25. Hudson Bay, 21. Broadview, Mooseman, 22. Indian Head, 24. Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, 23. The Yorkton-Melville region has a mainly sunny sky, a southwest wind at 18, gusting to 30 kilometers an hour. 46% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 22 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for Saskag today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. Saskag Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.